Welcome, this is Tapping into Creativity, a podcast in which we explore the magic that happens when creativity, art and education meet. We are a group of professionals and pioneers from Ireland, Greece, Serbia, Austria and the Netherlands working together. By sharing stories, we hope to learn about successful practices throughout Europe and inspire you with the lessons learned. I am Manja Eland and I am Linda Rosen. We are your hosts. Hi, Linda. How are you today? Feeling quite nice. Thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. Looking forward to hearing about today's episode. Who did you talk to? I spoke with Hara Tsukala. She is from Greece. She works with the Hellenic Education Network for Theatre and Drama Education. Mm-hmm. And we spoke about her project Monologues Across the Aegean Sea. Intriguing title. What kind of project is that? Well, as we all have in our collective memory, during the crisis of refugees in 2015, when the Syrians fled their country, a lot of them came to Greece across the Aegean Sea. And what was heartbreaking, Hara told me, was to see the unaccompanied children and minors who came in the boats. So these children, of course, were taken in by UNHCR, the UN Organization for Refugees. The network was really thinking about what they could do for these children, how they could help. Most interesting is how they used theater and play Mm -hmm. to help the refugee children to give them back a sense of safety and belonging. Beautiful. So how they had to deal with finding a new home without their parents, without their family. And through theater, they are telling their stories, which I think is very important for them. It does sound very important to give that very tough experience a voice. Exactly. And what I also really enjoyed is how they collected the monologues, of course, the stories of these children, and they have used these stories as theater texts to go into secondary school for a project called It Could Be Me, It Could Be You. Because, of course, in all the villages on all the islands that you find in Greece, refugees were arriving. And, of course, it can be quite an impact. And to help the youth that was living in these places to get a grasp and an understanding of the state of mind of these young children... They used these monologues as theater texts and they played these as a drama exercise and performed these texts also, which eventually they also asked back the children who wrote these texts to sit in the audience. So they really connected the youth who were in the same place, but with such a different story through drama. And I think that is a major example for how you can get people to connect with a story. It's actually giving me goosebumps. Well, yeah, (laughs) I can imagine. Let's uh, dive in and listen to the story. Today I am here with Hara Tsukala. I hope I pronounced your name right. I am going to interview you about the project Monologues Across the Aegean Sea. Before we dive in, could you please introduce yourself to our guests? Yes, hello. I'm Hara Tsukala. I'm from Athens, Greece. 
I was a teacher of secondary level, children from 15 to 17 for 35 years. And in a nine, I am a teacher of economics and sociology mm-hmm. in public schools, in public sector in Athens, Greece. I have worked also in an island because you have to do that in Greece before you come to Athens. And in 1998, 22 years ago, I have the great luck <laughs> to meet some people. They had a fantasy, they had a dream somehow to bring theater in education. Mm-hmm. There were two or three Greek people in London and they came to Greece and they tried to find teachers that they wanted to be involved with theater in education. So a magical world revealed to me because we started meeting each other, doing workshops with different theater techniques, with Greek artists and other artists, conferences. And all these things, little by little, I transferred them to my students as an extracurricular work in the school having a theatrical group for 19 years in my last school in 2014. And also as a way of teaching, I used theater to teach sociology and politics because I had some lessons with politics. When I got my pension, I wanted to offer more volunteer hours to our network that was established in 1998. I was more involved and from 2017 to 2020, I was elected the president of TNET GR. Before I was the president, I was the coordinator of the whole action of the monologues of the AGNC, which was an experience unbelievable. How the involvement with TNET and what I have learned through all these workshops they transformed me as a teacher and as a person. That's interesting. A new world. And I saw it every day, every year, every month, you know, of how my students changed as well. So theater brought you a lot more interaction with the students and it gave you some different results, I guess. And creativity. And creativity, of course, of course. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you said you were president of this association called Tenet GR. I'm very interested. Could you please speak out for me the Greek name? Because I've heard that Tenet GR is the English name. How do you pronounce the name in Greek? In Greek it is... Panellinio Victio Yato Theatro Stinekpedevs. It sounds so it sounds like a poem already. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So can you tell me something about this organization? You were saying it started in 1998? Yes. What is the aim of the organization and how is it run? It started as a group of romantic people. (laughs) Romantic people, yes. You know, romantic teachers, educators, that they wanted to educate themselves, bringing together Greek artists with us, either actors or directors. And little by little came the idea of becoming something more official. So we became, you know, officially a non-profit organization, non-profit association. 
and it is run by a board which is elected every three years with a general assembly. Okay. So we do a general assembly of our members that they are all over Greece, around 800 members. That's big. Yeah. Of course, they don't come, everybody, in the general assembly. And our reporting of what we did the last year and the year before and the year before, because we do the assembly every year. And so we say what we have done and what our project, our future projects, and these should be voted from our members. And every three years, together with that, we elect the new board, that there are five people. Okay. What kind of other projects does this organization, or association, I should say, what does it do? Many, many other. The main task of TNET was and still is, of course, you know, little by little, from 1998 up to now, to educate more and more teachers from all levels through workshops all year around. So the teacher to meet the artist as a facilitator and through that experience to transfer it in her, his class. So we did, we have always done workshops through the year. Every two or three years, we organize a very big international conference with around 400 people from all over the world and drama teachers and artists from all over the world that they come in Athens, a three-day conference. Mm -hmm. And we have done eight conferences like that. The last was in 2018, when I was a president. And also for 20 years, what we do is every summer, we do a theatrical summer camp. For children? No, no, for us. Yeah, for adults. Yes. Usually they come around 100, 150 persons. And we do workshops in the nature. We went to a Greek island patches for about 10 years. And the last eight years, we went to Pelion, a very nice place in northern Greece. A very, very nice big camp. And we do six, seven main big workshops in the morning, many hours. In the evening, we see cinema, we see some performances, we say fairy tales around fire, and it is very good and stimulating get together before school start, because it is around the end of August. But due to the pandemic, we haven't done it for two years now. Of course. And it is a very, very big loss. Yes, I understand. And the people who come, are they teachers? Are they theater educators? They are mainly teachers. The last years, a lot of interest for younger people, students, some other professions like psychologists. Oh, okay. And they want to educate themselves. They want to be part of a workshop run either by a foreign drama pedagogue or a Greek drama pedagogue or a Greek artist, an actor or an actress. We try in these six, seven workshops to have different people, let's say one person from abroad and one director, one actor from also different kinds of theater, like documentary theater or forum theater or theater of the oppressed. So our members and friends to choose what they want more this year. That sounds amazing. 
what a luxury to have that on a well if it happens of course during <laughs> hopefully next year again so now let's go to the monologues across the Aegean Sea can you explain first what was the starting point for this project do you want me to read something to you a very small part from the book yeah this book is also in our site yes because what i want to read you for one minute is was why we came to this project i mean how it came to our mind yes exactly gm pelagos the open sea with its islands images of tragedy images of horror among them images of children figures of unaccompanied refugee minors we saw them arriving alone on the island shores alone walking the roads of greece to reach the borders and because their eyes haunted us and because there are many ways to react to horror we wanted their thoughts their memories their journey and their dreams to find a voice and this voice through the voices of other children of their age to be heard loudly so loudly that it reaches far as far as possible yeah that's um that's a good explanation so what i get from that is the refugee crisis in 2015 i guess and especially the heartbreak you felt when you saw the children arriving unaccompanied is that true yeah so what did you do we had um, an experience not the same but we had an experience from the monologues of gaza the gaza monologues that many texts of children of the war in Gaza in Palestine came to us to Tinet from Ashta Theater in Palestine that there drama pedagogues and theater people they have done workshops in order to create texts the thoughts of children in Gaza that they were children of war somehow therapeutical and somehow to get together So this text came to us in 2010 the whole work was done in Palestine and the texts were in English they have been translated from Arabic and we translated them in Greek and what we have done was to make theater out of these texts I was in the school then in 2010 so I was one of the teachers one of the eight schools that we took part and we show our work in a theater in Athens dramatizing some of these texts from Gaza so we had the experience but now we had to do it from the very very beginning yes we had to find these children we have to find the organizations that give shelter to these children to take the permission and so the whole coordination that i did is to find this organization in athens and in patras 
to find, uh, you know, the drama pedagogues, to talk with praxis, the organization of psychologists, sociologists, and to start the workshops with the children. And which organizations did you find? It is called Praxis, which is a non-government organization Mm -hmm. that is involved with the refugee problem and mainly with refugee minors. Okay. So we had to plan with my friends, drama pedagogues from the TNET in Athens and in Patras. We had all together to plan what we wanted. We didn't want something to be violent or cruel to these children. Of course. But to find the way through theater that we think it is magical and it opens horizons and without understanding, without feeling uncomfortable at all, some stories to emerge. If they emerge, we will not force it. We were going to do plays and theater games and educational drama, things like that, you know, images, but not being forced. No. And if we had some stories that they emerged through these workshops, it was okay. And finally it came because we gained their trust. How did you get their trust? How did you do it? Through theatrical plays and topics like the sea or the house or your superhero or a photograph. And we played all together and we made images And also we have, you know, very big papers on the floor and we draw things and then we play what we have drawn, things like that. Okay. Okay, so very playful exercises that allowed them to open up. Yes. And because they were all boys and we were all women. Really? That's (laughs) interesting. Do you know why? The unaccompanied children, mainly they are boys. 13-year-old, 12, 14, 15, 17. The girls were fewer. And also the organization Praxis that quite immediately was positive and wanted to accept us to do this project, they didn't have children. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have, you know, guest houses only for boys. It was very interesting to see their culture And it was very interesting to see how they began with questions in their eyes and how little by little after the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, you know, meeting once a week from April until June, they opened up so much. Mm -hmm. They revealed so much. They were telling and playing. We thought they will never say They even couldn't imagine that they will expose so much because there are Muslim boys. Yeah, they surprised you in their openness, yes. So language, how body language, of course, can be quite universal, not always, but how did you approach that? Did you have translators? We had in Athens, because I was in every meeting in Athens, but I knew also what was done in Patras with the help of UNHCR in Mm -hmm. Greece, that we are partners with this big, it could be me, it could be you program. They helped us, they offered us two translators that they were in the meeting and we have told them that they have to be part as well. 
to play as well, to do things as well, to do images as well, to draw as well. So we had a very nice Afghan man, around 30, that he had the story of the children many, many years ago, mm-hmm. before 2015, and he translated, he knew like three, four languages, Farsi, Urdu, so to translate from Afghan language or Pakistan. Mm-hmm. And also we had a woman from Lebanon that she translated from Arabic because we have also Syrian boys. Yes, I can imagine that is an extra step you have to take to have the understanding. Yes, this was difficult because it took some time. You have you know, to wait for the others, you have to translate. And then in every workshop, at the end, after like two hours of theater playing, they were writing two or three phrases. At the end, we had to translate them and to make, you know, somehow a montage Mm -hmm. to put them together, as you see in the book, so that, you know, every child has things about the journey, about hopes, about the house, about... Topics like that about the sea. From the beginning, we said that we didn't want to focus only on the misery of the thing, as the television is doing, as the journalist is doing, Mm -hmm. but also on the dreams, on the hopes. And then you saw that they were boys like my students. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, with the same hopes, the same agonies. Yes, (laughs) they're just people, children, yes, yes, of course. And you were just very shortly mentioning it could be me, it could be you. I think our listeners don't know this project. Can you explain what the project was shortly? It started in 2015, Mm -hmm. around the big crisis, and people from UNABCR Greece they are in the education department of UNCR. They have met some people from Tenet and they approached us thinking that we are the best organization, that we could do workshops and through theater techniques to raise awareness on human rights and refugee issues throughout Greece. Through very big seminars, very big workshops to raise awareness for the Greek people, the Greek teachers. And some workshops were and are planned for students. It was mainly to help the teacher so as to transfer these workshops and educational material in their classes, to transfer the know-how, but also... There are actions in the program which they come better and better every year because we do, you know, some uh, self-assessment and things like that. There is a big possibility to a drama pedagogue from TNET together with the teacher to do a workshop in the class together in the topic of human rights, mainly racism, the fear of the other. We have developed through these years Many, many very nice, very deep, with a variety of issues under the umbrella of the human rights. Okay. So the aim of the project was to help the Greek people in the country 
to become aware of the situation, but also to humanize the crisis. Because if you only read about it in the paper, of course, it's something far away, but this also helps for understanding. Is that correct? Yeah, not only to understand, but trying, and the theater has the magic to do that. Okay, so to empathize. Yes, exactly. Because with these theater techniques we use in these seminars, you get very much in the refugee shoes. Mm -hmm. And to eliminate as much as possible xenophobia or racism, Mm -hmm. because you can understand that the geography of Greece is this, that, you know, all the islands were full of refugees every day and then to the rest of the country. And it is very easy for me, far away in Athens and in a nice suburb to say why you are a racist, but if in your little island every day you see, you know, thousands of people, even if they are desperate and out of war, it is the remedy for racism to emerge. So we thought that we have to deal with the Greek population. And this is what the program mainly does. Yes. The monologues across the Aegean Sea was the first action we did with the refugees Mm -hmm. directly. Yes. And it gave you, if I understand correctly, but it gave you also input that you could use for the next step, which is working with the Greek population. Of course. Of course. Yeah. They are monologues, but it creates a dialogue. Yes, (laughs) of course. (laughs) Of course. And we saw this magnificent dialogue when we did the festivals all around Greece. We started this big project as a follow-up of the book that was presented in three, four, five cities. But we wanted the Greek students to take these texts and dramatize them. So what I said, that through their voice, the the voice of the Greek students, the voice of these refugee children, to be heard to many more people. So we did a festival in Athens, in Salonika, in Patras, in Corfu, in Chios, in Trikala, in many cities all over Greece. And this is where the preparation of the festival, which is eight, nine, ten schools, around 100 students to meet in a theater, a professional theater in the city, and to show to Greek people how these texts become theater. So this was really an amazing experience. And uh, this is where the drama pedagogue, Together with the teacher of the school, they met and they collaborated in the school for five days, ten days, one week, depending on the school and the drama pedagogue. And the guide was to make, to create, 10 to 15 minute small performance using two or three texts out of this book. So each school, secondary education, that is from 13 up to 17, one university department and one small children, like eight years old, they come in a professional stage and they showed their performances. But the thing was the collaboration of an artist, of a director, which is a member of our TNET, and perhaps you know her, Georgina Kakudagi. I think so. What she did was she visited 
each one school and she saw the work of the drama pedagogue and the teacher when it was finished. For example, I went to a school in Piraeus and I helped with my experience as a drama pedagogue, mm-hmm. a teacher, that she wanted to be part of this festival. And the amazing thing was that her students were 10 girls. So these 10 girls, they were going to play the texts of boys. It was a great experience to collaborate with their teacher. I was an external person, so we have to be with theater techniques. Mm -hmm. We have to become a nice group to gain their trust so they can show and understand these Mm -hmm. things and to make a small performance. So when we were ready with everything, music, everything, everything, Georgina came to the school. She saw the play, the 10 minutes play, 13 minutes play. She said if she wanted something to correct or if it was very, Mm -hmm. very nice or something to correct. And she kept notes So she had in her mind what every school has done. And when we met in the theater, we went like five, six hours earlier than the people they came to see the play. So Georgina, with the help of me and two, three other people, we found on the spot, she has prepared it also, which school will be first, second, third, at the end. When so was, if you saw it because you are the parent of a certain child or because you are the minister of education, not to understand that these were different plays, Mm -hmm. but it was like one play. And this needed that Georgina had to go to each school before to have notes to see, ah, Haratsukala with these girls has done this, okay, perhaps to be at the end or perhaps to be at the beginning, but also on the spot to be flexible, to change things. And this happened to other cities as well, to Salonika, to Trikala, to Corfu, to Hios. So this was a very, very good example of collaboration mm-hmm. of teacher with a drama pedagogue and an artist. Mm-hmm. So she combined the plates? Yes. Ah, okay. And this needed that Georgina had to go to each school before to have notes to see, ah, Haratsukala with these girls has done this, okay, perhaps to be at the end or perhaps to be at the beginning, but also on the spot to be flexible, to change things. Mm-hmm. And this happened to other cities as well to Salonika, to Trikala, to Corfu, to Hios. So this was um, a very, very good example of collaboration of teacher with a drama pedagogue and an artist. I understand. So the teacher from the school, is he a drama teacher or is he a teacher in any other subject? Any other subject. Okay, and because, of course, this podcast is also about the partnership, 
between creative people or artists and uh, teachers. How did you work together? What was the division of roles? Who decided what was going to happen? How did you do that? You have to find, you know, the fine line. So not to be the chief. Mm, Yes. And thanks God before so many years, so many workshops, so many discussions, the majority of the drama pedagogues of TNET, we know that very well. Because also, I was a teacher. Of course. And I understand this played a big role. I was lucky because the school I went and the teacher we worked together, we are somehow friends. She is a member of TNET. Mm -hmm. She is not a drama pedagogue. But she is very, very open. She doesn't have, you know, a complex of inferiority. And you have to develop that skill. And also the drama pedagogue should develop this skill not to impose on the group and the teacher because it could be a disaster. So I was lucky because I have worked once, two times more with this lady Her field is history, ancient and modern Greek. Um, Mm -hmm. We played all together and it was a very, very nice lesson for her as well, for me as well, because every such collaboration, you find something new. First of all, Mm -hmm. working with all these girls, you know, trying to understand these boys. This was a big challenge. But generally speaking... From my experience, there are teachers that somehow they feel threatened from an outsider, either a drama pedagogue or an artist. You cannot do something about that. I mean, somehow, if you want to be more open and if you want to be less threatened, you have to meet with this other. You have to meet and see what happens. Yeah, you have to, you have to stay curious. Yes, because it is uh, many, many things that um, that you have to be open in order to to approach this world, uh, this world of, uh, I mean, the theater and the artistic world. You have to say, I'm bored doing my lesson like that. I want to do something else. You have to like art somehow or to be curious about art or somehow to to make your lesson better. So... If you are a little bit curious, if you are a little bit, you know, alert, you are going to find around you things like Tenet, to come to seminars, to meet the others, and then you are going to be with less and less fear and less and less threat. Mm -hmm. You have to build the skill to be also daring. I think it's also about daring to be creative. Of course. Yeah. And of course, the artist should be educated not to lose the brio, but uh, to be also somehow modest and to want to learn as well. Yes. A partnership can only happen if it's equal. Yeah. Of course, you have to learn from each other. To want to learn as well that, um, you know, the students are not actors. Mm -hmm. The students Mm -hmm. have limits. So... It is a very nice challenge, a very nice space when they meet. It could be really, you know, a spark of imagination and inspiration. Yes. Beautiful. 
So we've talked a lot about the monologues, but we haven't heard one monologue yet. Could you maybe read out one of the monologues? Yes, of course. My name is Zolman. I am 50 years old from Afghanistan. In 2015, I was forced to leave my country because of a Taliban attack in my hometown. This was not a normal journey. It took three months until I managed to reach Greece. There were many days when I had nothing to eat or drink. I almost drowned in the Aegean Sea. Maybe it was my parents' blessings. Maybe some miracle happened and I finally made it here. During the journey, I got along with everyone and tried to keep a clear mind. This helped a lot. Many of the people I traveled with drowned in the sea or died of hunger and thirst. I was asked to draw my life and I drew a line of trees. The story of these trees resembles my story. Ever since I remember myself, I was like a small green tree. I grew up like all small trees. My parents, like the earth, watered me and gave me whatever I needed. But suddenly, everything changed. Destruction took the place of good times. The war started, and I found myself like a small, weak tree in the middle of the storm. I had to leave. There was no other choice. So I set off for an unknown destination. And let me like two or three phrases from another boy from Syria. My name is Raf. I am 15 years old from Syria. Syria weeps. The land that used to be paradise on earth, the land where there was always peace. The war turned this paradise into hell. Dear ones, we were forced to leave Syria seeking a life in peace. We went through a lot until we arrived in Europe. We trekked through woods. We were imprisoned. We crossed the sea. It was exhausting. It was cold, icy cold. Children, adults, fathers, mothers... When we arrived in Europe, we faced hatred once more. But my friends, we must take care of each other. Love is above all, because today we are in our home, but nobody knows about tomorrow. This haunts me. Nobody knows about tomorrow. Today we are here and we don't know where we'll be tomorrow. No, we don't. Of course. I can only think about, at the moment, of course, the volcanic eruption, which pushes people out of their home grounds. So it doesn't always have to be war. You never know. Here in the Netherlands, the water is rising and we are below sea level. So we never know. You never know when the tides turn and we have to rely on other people's kindness. Yeah. 
that hits home. Thank you for that. Thank you so much for the time you have given me and for the explanation of this beautiful project. You said the book is to be found on the website. Would it be possible if we share the book in our show notes that our listeners can download the book? Yes, because if you go to our site, mm -hmm. which is www.teatroedu.gr, mm -hmm. I can write it also to you. And the site has all the projects. And if you press on monologues across the GNC, it's everything. Mm -hmm. The pictures, the videos, the book, only the book, the PDF you can download. Okay. Very, very easy. So we can have some images with this beautiful story. Yes, very nice images, very nice videos, because it is very, very touching to see all these children, you know, on stage, the Greek students, you know, playing this. And, you know, in Athens, the boys came and see the play. Oh, really? Oh, that is a good last question. What was their response to their the dramatic <laughs> translation of their story? Yes, they didn't know Greek. Of course. You know, some of them, they have started going school and they have learned some sentences, some words. We have put them to sit in front. And it was so amazing, so touching. Because also the Greek students, I have helped in that school, I have helped. Afterwards, the girls, they were so eager. They went to find them to say a word. But our boys, the refugees boys, when they finished, they came to me and to the other three girls that we did the workshop and the coordination. And they were saying, eh, I understand. This girl there, eh, she did me. <laughs> I saw myself there. Yes, this girl, she did me. I understand. <laughs> What a wonderful explanation of the phrase, it could be me, it could be you. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So thank you so much, Hara, for your time. And I hope you continue with the important work you do. Thank you very much. Thank you. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening to Tapping Into Creativity. In our show notes, you can find more information about our guests and the subjects that were discussed in this interview. If you liked what you heard, you can help us reach many more listeners by hitting the subscribe button, giving us a five-star review, and sharing the podcast with your friends and colleagues. Tapping into creativity is part of ITAPPD, which is short for International Teacher-Artist Partnership Professional Development. We are currently building a model and training about partnership between teachers and artists in education. ITAPPD facilitates a place and time where we can jointly develop our understanding, expertise and creativity on working with young people. We explore and play with the different perspectives teachers and artists have on behavior, development and language. If you want to know more about our project, please visit us on any social platform as i-tap-pd. This podcast was made possible by funding from the Erasmus Plus Strategic Partnership Program. Partners in ITAPPD are the Education Center in Tralee, Center za Dramu u Edukaciji i Umetnosti, CEDEUM, Panelinio Dictio ja to Theatro sten Ekpedevs, Stichting Copa, Kunsteducatie. We were your hosts, Linda and Manja, from Stichting Copa in the Netherlands. Audio editing was done by Yelda Shahidi. Hope you tap in with us again. Have a nice day.